This is LEC Online Church. We exist to love God and love people. For more information about our church or ministry activities, please visit LakeErieChurch.com. Now here's today's message. Why is this important? It's important because we have to know what we believe. And we have to know why we believe it. You should know that if you are attending Lake Erie Church, we are a Pentecostal church. But what does that mean? If you don't know what that means, if you're not familiar with that, you may be surprised or scared at some point. We have a different style of worship than some churches have. And the truth of the matter is, is that we have a responsibility to teach the faith of the gospel and the word of God to every person that we run into. The reason that this is such a conviction is that there is a biblical and spiritual illiteracy in America unlike anything that we have ever known before. These statistics on the screen will surprise you perhaps. Only two-thirds of people over the age of 50 say they believe in the God of the Bible. Only two-thirds, meaning there's 33% of people over the age of 50 that do not even believe in the God of the Bible. 49% of adults, 30 to 40, believe in the God of the Bible. And only 43% of Americans under the age of 30 believe in the God of the Bible. A majority of the younger generation does not even believe in the God of the Bible, much less serve Him. Only 20% of Americans of all ages believe the Bible is the literal Word of God. So that means for every five people that you meet, four of them do not believe that this book is relevant. Do not believe that this book speaks. 38 years ago in 1984, 40% of all adults believed the Bible was the Word of God. 29% of the 80% of people that don't believe the Bible is God's Word. 29% of those people say the Bible is merely a collection of fables, legends, history, and moral precepts recorded by a man. According to Gallup polling, 25% of adults 30 and under identify their faith as atheist, agnostic, or nothing. That's the world in which we live. It's the world and the community in which we serve. And if there's ever been a time for us to teach and disciple and engage our sons and daughters to reach a world that does not know God, that time is now. If there has ever been a time for a church to be heard, to be felt, to be experienced, to make an impact in its community. That time is now and we are that church. God is calling us to make a difference. So I'm coming this morning with the full conviction of God's word to declare in this house today, no matter who cares about it, I'm telling you that God exists. And that God is and that God created everything there is in the world and it was good. Even if society doesn't believe it. Even if culture doesn't accept it. Even if they want to marginalize the Christian faith. God's word is true and what God's word said is absolute. God does exist. Come on, praise the Lord for that this morning. 
My prayer as we start this series is Ephesians 3, 14 through 18. It's on the screen. Paul says, for this reason I bow my knees and pray to the Father. It is from Him that every family in heaven and earth is, has its name. I pray that because of the riches of His shining greatness, He will make you strong with power in, the, in, in your hearts through the Holy Spirit. I pray that Christ will live in your hearts by faith. I pray that you will be filled with love. I pray that you will be able to understand how wide, how long, how high, and how deep His love is. And I pray that you will know the love of Christ. His love goes beyond anything we understand. I pray that you will be filled with God Himself. At the end of these weeks, I hope that you will have a better understanding a clarity if necessary. And I invite your questions. In fact, you'll notice at the end of the outline, every week there's an opportunity for you to text me any question that you want to ask about God. Anything that you want to ask about what I'm preaching, I would welcome the opportunity to talk to you about it. Don't ask me how old Shelly is. That one would make me mad. Anyway... There's no question bigger than whether a powerful God actually exists. And as we go along, especially next week, you're going to understand maybe more about why this is important. Because if you do not believe that God exists, then what does it matter? You can do and be whatever it is that you want to be. If God doesn't exist, then life has no divine purpose. You're free to live however you want to live. But if God does exist, it seems appropriate that we should get to know Him and understand why He created us the way that He did and what His purpose is for our life. So let's do this this morning in a couple of questions. Here's the first one. Does God actually exist? And if so, how do we know? If God exists, how do we know that? Well, let me first offer you that if God exists because He said that He did. He said that He existed. Psalms 90 verses 1 and 2 said, Lord, You have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, ever you formed the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, you were God. The psalmist said, Lord, before anything ever was, you were. You have existed. In Job chapter 38, God is talking to Job here. Job is asking God questions. And Job, God says to Job, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? In other words, you weren't even around when I was doing all the things that I was doing. I have existed before you. So we know that God exists because He said it. Let God's Word speak. Not man, but God's Word speak. Second of all, God exists because the Bible declares it. The Bible declares the eternal existence of God. In Romans chapter 1 and verse 20, he said his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. 
The Bible declares that God has existed from the very beginning. And there is no beginning with God. God has always existed. Thirdly, God exists because He is the creator of all that is. Again, let God's word speak. Romans 4 verse 11. Worthy are you, Lord God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things. And by your will they existed and were created. Isaiah 40, 26. Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these. Talking about the world. He who brings out their host by number. He's talking about stars. He said, who created these stars? He said, he that brings them out by number, calling them all by name. In meaning that God names all the stars. The galaxies of the billions of stars. God names every one of them by the greatness of his might and because he is strong in power and not one is missing. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Psalms 19, 1 and 2. The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display His craftsmanship day after day. They continue to speak night after night. They made Him known. And Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3. He sustains everything by the mighty power of of his command. Now think about this for a moment. Four words. Four words that God spoke. Those four words separated night and day. Let there be light. God spoke four words into creation and darkness was separated into daylight and dark. What can God do in your life if he spoke four words over you? If God spoke the words, be healed over you. Be restored. Be whatever it is that you need God to do. If God spoke, the power of God in creation should be a reminder to us that there isn't anything that is too hard for God to do. So why do we struggle? Why are there people who do not believe that God exists? Well, I don't have all of the answers, but here's one. Sometimes people struggle with God because they have experienced trauma in their life. And when they have taken that into account, the personal things that they've gone through make it difficult for them And they question whether there is anybody outside of this world that really cares about us. So you may be sitting here today and you have questions like, why didn't God heal my mother? Why didn't God prevent that car wreck? Why didn't God save my son? And if you're not careful, that personal injustice that you feel, that injury to your spirit and your psyche can cause you to question whether or not God actually exists. It's why you cannot live by your feelings. You cannot live by what you feel. You have to live by the word of God. 
The Bible says God exists. So whether God heals me or not, it doesn't change the reality that God is real. That God exists. Just because things don't happen in my life the way that I want them to, doesn't mean that God is not real. That God is, does not exist. It just simply means that my life has been spent been marked by the trauma and the pain and the loss that I have felt. Sometimes people struggle to know if there's anybody out there. Could not God have stopped the terrorist planes going into the Twin Towers? You see, we struggle at times to believe in a God who doesn't fit our circumstances. A God who who in some way feels irre irrelevant to what we're going through. I mean, if I can't count on God to take care of that, then what difference does it make? The problem is, is that we're trying to make God fit our circumstance. We're trying to have a God that fits us instead of us fitting a God who loves us and created us and exists to help us be the person that He wants us to be. God does, in fact, exist. And we know it because He said it in His Word and because we see the evidence of God's existence throughout all of creation. So turn to your neighbor and tell them, God exists. Here's the second question. If God does exist, then where did God come from? You ever heard anybody ask you that question? Where did God come from? The problem with the question is, you're a human being. And because you're a human being, you probably, we don't have the intellect to understand at the deepest level what I'm about to tell you. But here's the truth. God's origin is that He always existed. For all time and all of eternity. Nobody created him. He did not spontaneously appear on the scene. He has always been. And for that reason, it's hard, isn't it? Because in our life, we don't know anything that doesn't have a beginning. Everything's got a beginning. You had a beginning, I got a beginning, all God's people got a beginning. But God didn't. Because God has always existed. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever, indicates to us, the Bible assumes, the scriptures assume the, the existence of God before any beginning. So how do we put our minds around that? How do we deal with that? Well, here's the dividing line between people who believe in God and people who don't believe in God. It's just faith. It's faith. The Bible said faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 that without faith it is impossible to please God for they that come to God must believe what? That He exists. The beginning part of faith is to believe that God is real and that He exists. And when you think about God, it takes faith to believe that God is real. Faith in God's word, faith in what God said, 
must believe that he is, and then the Bible says that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. What happens with those who claim to be atheists, they will say to you, well, where is the beginning of God? If God has no beginning, he's not real. But the Bible tells us that God has always been. So you have to decide what you will put your faith in. Now somebody says, well, I can appreciate that, Pastor, but I'm one of those guys, you just have to prove it to me. See, that's not faith. Faith says, God said it, I believe it. It's kind of like the bumper sticker on the back of the car you've seen before that says, if God said it, I believe it, that makes it so. Almost. Because if God said it, it makes it so whether you believe it or not. If God said it, it's so. And God says that he existed and he has always been and we by faith believe that. You see, the skeptic insists that God is merely a figment of man's imagination. I was reading some of this this, this past month and it's been amazing just to read what happens in people's minds when they don't have faith in God and how they try to rationalize God out of life. In fact, Christopher Hitchens, who is one of the renowned agnostics and atheists in the world in his, in his book, God is Not Great, he suggests that all of religion teaches hatred of unbelievers and leads people to feed on the onslaughts against those who do not believe. It's found in the worst extremist and terrorist groups of the past or the present. Now clearly, Christopher Hitchens has never met the God that we worship. Because this Bible is not about destroying people. It's about loving people. It's about helping people find the best of themselves. The Bible teaches us that this God of the Bible is a God who loves us. And so when we do not have faith that God exists, we go in a lot of ways. Next week I'll say a lot more about this, but there's a there's a tremendous thing going on with our children right now with regard to gender identity. See, when you do not believe that God exists, then you're free to choose whatever identity you want. But if God exists, then God has chosen your identity. He's made you. He's created you to be who you are. And therefore it is God, if He exists... Now, if God doesn't exist, what I said earlier, if God doesn't exist, then I get your point. If you don't believe that God exists, then you can do any blessed thing you want to do. You can be anybody you want to be. But if you believe that God exists, then God has a divine purpose and order for your life, and it comes down to what you are going to believe. So to the agnostic and the atheist who say, well, I can't, I can't make that rationalization because I don't see any evidence. I don't. Here's what Jesus would say. John chapter 3 verse 8. It's on the screen. Jesus said this to Nicodemus. He said the wind blows where it wants. Just as you can hear the wind but you can't tell where it's coming from or where it's going. So you can't explain how people are born in the spirit. The whole of Christianity, the whole of the Christian faith is built on faith in God. 
Everything that we believe, everything that we stand for, everything that we engage in is built on this faith that God exists and that God is real. And without such faith, we are left to do whatever it is that we choose to do. You see, the scripture assumes the existence of God. The scripture teaches that God is self-existent. Hebrews 13 and 8, I gave you that scripture a moment ago. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and forever. When I looked for something that would be very practical for you to be able to wrap your mind around, I thought about the story when Moses is standing at the burning bush. And God says, I want you to go down and I want you to tell the elders of Israel that I have sent you. He says, who do I tell them sent me? When they ask me, who sent you here? What answer do I give them? You know what God said? I am that I am. He said, tell them I am sent you. They'll know. He is I am. He is not I was. I will be. He said, I am eternally existent, not constrained by time like you and I do. You won't find pictures, Michelle, of God at age two, age six, age 14. No, he's the same always. The same God that I worship today is the same God that my dad worshiped, the same God that my grandfather worshiped. And here's parents before him. He's the same God. He's never changed. I am that I am. Am. I, I, I don't have a, a beginning, I don't have an ending. You'll always be able to count on me because I will always be what I have always been. Now I know this morning that sometimes it's difficult for us to be able to wrap our mind around those kind of things. And, and again, I welcome the question. So if you have a question, you don't hesitate to ask. Here, I want to finish with this. So you would ask the question, what's that got to do with me? How does the existence of God pay my bills, make my marriage better, heal my body? What difference does it make to me and where I am if God is real or not? If God exists or not? I want you to go back, those of you that understand this. If you don't understand it, I want you to read the book of Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3. Because in the beginning, when God created the world, He started putting these things together, making the world as we know it today, the rivers, the mountains, the streams of water, creating all of the animals. And then He made a man that He was called Adam. The Bible said He breathed in the man's nostrils. Again, I'll preach about this a little more next week. But he breathed in the man's nostrils the breath of life. And the Bible said he became a living soul. Because there's three parts of you. There's your body, there's your soul, and your spirit. Your body is this fleshly tabernacle, Paul called it. It's, the, it's what, inhab, what you inhabit. It's what your soul and your spirit lives in. But your body was made from the dust of the earth. And when you die, it goes back to dust. Your body is not eternal. It's just, it's a dwelling place. It's like a, it's like a house you rent and you live in. 
and you have a soul, which is what God gave you, He created you and made you a soul, that soul is eternal. It will live forever, either in heaven or in hell. But it lives forever. It's eternal. It's the one part of you that never dies. That's why the Bible talks about you, you never die. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you never die. Because your soul lives on forever. And then you have a spirit. And that's what the Bible said there. When God breathed into Adam the breath of life, he became a living soul. It was the Spirit. It was God breathing into him. The same way that we prayed that opening prayer, we asked God to come in. The Spirit came into Adam, and he breathed because God put his Spirit in him. So when you die, that Spirit goes back to God. So your body goes in the ground, your soul lives on in eternity, and your Spirit goes back to God. But now notice what happened in the garden. When God made Adam... In the garden, the Bible said, he gave Adam dominion, responsibility, if that's what you want to use the word, over the garden and the earth, and to name the animals. I mean, literally, Adam's sitting there going, elephant, camel, groundhog, squirrel, raccoon. You know, he's just naming all these animals. That's what the Bible said, he had... Responsibility for naming all the animals. In the evenings, in the cool of the evening, the Bible said, God, God, not his neighbor, God, created all the earth, knows all the stars by name, God came down into that garden and walked with Adam. Now, I want you to see this. I hope you see it the way the Lord kind of helped me to see it in my study. Literally, what happens is God comes off of the throne and comes down into an earthly garden and walks with Adam. Now, we can over-spiritualize this or we can make it real. I just have to almost believe in my mind that it's like, Adam, how's it going today? Well, you know, I named about 42 more animals. I got some I don't know yet what I'm going to call them. I've been thinking about, you know, hippopotamus, but I don't like that word, and I think I'm going to... Literally, they're just talking about life. What have you been doing? Well, I've been creating 42 more galaxies, and I hung, you know, 16 billion stars today, and we've been working on all of that. Heaven's been... No, he just... they're just talking. The Bible said they walked in the garden and they communed. In other words, they talked. Now, here's, here's the answer to your question. The God who created this earth, he'd love to take a walk with you. You got a problem in your marriage, he'd love for you to talk about it. God, my husband's an idiot. My wife is insane. My kids are driving me crazy. That God wants to walk with you. You see, that's why sin was so bad. Because once Adam sinned, God could not walk with him anymore. Because God is holy. And sin, God hates sin so much, he cannot be involved with you and sin. Sin. 
It's why Jesus had to go to the cross. So that sin could be taken care of and God could go back to walking with you. Because he can't walk with you when you're sinning. You hear what I'm saying? See, some of you think that you can just live like the devil and keep walking with God. It ain't going to happen. You sin, and God says, I'm sorry, we can't walk together anymore until we get, deal with this. What God wants this morning, listen to me, I'm done. What God wants this morning is for you to know Him. He wants you to know Him. I feel the presence of God. God doesn't want you to be afraid of Him. You know, sometimes we think about God, lightning bolts, you know, Shelly has this theology sometimes she'll say God's going to hit me with a lightning bolt no he's not he's not that's not his nature God wants to walk with you he wants to say Van Morrison I love you buddy you've been through a lot but you've been faithful and I'm helping you I know that old ticker is is weak sometimes, but my grace is sufficient. Keep on going. John Masaccio, I love you, man. He wants to walk with you. And he wants you to know him. And it's the, it's the, it's the craziest thing in my little simple mind that the God of heaven would be willing to let us have that kind of access. We don't deserve it. What is there about God that he would be willing to invite me or you to walk with? Because he wants you to know him. You say, well, I wish I could know him. Well, there's a lot of ways. I've been thinking now for days about it. Every time you pick up this Bible, Gigi, every time you look in the Bible, you'll find him. You want to know God? Read the Bible. You'll find Him on every page. And if you pray, Lord, reveal yourself to me as I read the Bible today. He will. You'll see Him. You'll experience Him. Or, or maybe you just increase your sensitivity to recognize that God is present Everywhere you are. Everywhere you are. I walk from my house down Hubbard and turn right on Dave and go around to Madison and then come down Madison and trickle my way down some of those side roads down there where you used to live and back out around. I see him on Dave Road. I see him on Madison Street. I hear him in the wind that whispers through the trees. I hear him in the birds that are chirping. All of creation tells me God is near. God is present. I hear his voice when I'm riding in my car. I felt his presence this morning as I stood in my office before I came down here and I said to God, God, make yourself known to our church today. I felt his presence because I'm telling you he's everywhere. Everywhere you are, the presence of God is. 
God inhabits all space, all places. He not only exists, but you can know Him. Thank you for listening. Lake Erie Church is a multicultural Pentecostal church. We would love to have you for a visit sometime. For more information or to connect with our team, please visit lakeeriechurch.com.